0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Bros. It is Thursday, Thursday, September 19th. I am Mark Hogan here, joined by my co-host, as always, Derek Randall. Derek? Hey, Mark. Hope you're uh, enjoying some Thursday Night Football right now. I'm trying to. Uh, nice little start here. So just uh, just turned it on while, uh, while I booted everything up here. And uh, Jaguars are already on the board.
1: Yeah, quick start. I definitely thought uh, Titans would be the first to the board, so that's interesting.
0: Yep, so we'll see what happens here. I'm definitely a little concerned about uh, their their uh, passing game here. We'll probably probably talk about that in a bit as well, but um, before we get started, just want to give everyone a quick idea of what this episode looks like. We'll go ahead and first kick things off, take a look at all of the matchups from last week, what happened, recap uh all of the uh jonda league head-to-heads uh what players did well which players didn't and then we'll transition over into uh upcoming matchups here for this week who we think's going to win what players are going to do well and which players might underperform here so uh before we get started anything uh that you would like to add here derek uh no just um maybe sneak some waiver wire talk
1: in there considering this is the first um first podcast we've done since we've opened the waiver wire so it's been pretty interesting to watch how teams have spent their fab
0: so let's uh maybe then just uh talk about waiver wire right off the bat here what uh what, what pops out to you based off of uh, the last, I would say, week or so here of, uh, of, of fab pickups?
1: So week one was pretty much exactly, as you kind of pointed out in our cast, like a lot of teams, the teams that got guys usually ended up spending about a third of their budget. I think there were a couple teams that went as far as spending like 40 bucks. Um, but this week, it was really interesting because of the quarterback need by certain teams um, I knew it'd be crazy. Guys going after Mason Rudolph and Teddy, um, even Keenum. But man, Nate went out and dropped forty six dollars on Mason Rudolph.
0: Yeah, that was um, that was very surprising to me. I thought I, I thought I put in a. Uh, uh, it sounds like your dog doesn't agree with his biddy. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> He's no, not a fan. Good. Um, I, I, I personally didn't agree either. So I think your dog is pretty spot on. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I was pretty surprised that, uh, he went out and spent that much money, especially when I was able to, I think I got Daniel Jones for 20 bucks. Um, which I, I really felt like he was the best quarterback out Uh, again. If, if listeners aren't familiar with our league, we, we play two quarterbacks It's a, it's a one-quarterback spot and an offensive position spot. Uh, so normally you're going to play quarterback there unless you get a pretty stellar player to uh, substitute in there. Um, so I really felt like Daniel Jones was the best free agent quarterback on the board based off of uh, other options that were out there this week.
1: I, I'm i a big fan of Mason Rudolph, but honestly, I he's just good in the preseason. It's tough to tell how that's going to translate into the regular season, but – I put in a bid I think of like $18 because I honestly thought I stood a chance at getting him but man when I saw 46 roll through I was pretty excited <laughs> if somebody yeah. spent that much
0: Yeah I mean how disappointing would it be if he goes out and has a bad game this first week here and you know Nate is left with 40 a 46 dollar spend I don't think he can really drop a guy even if he plays bad the first week um, but I wouldn't really have that much confidence in continuing to start him if he doesn't do well.
1: Exactly. Yeah, Nate, uh, Nate's definitely put himself in a predicament here. And uh, – oh, go ahead, Mark.
0: No, I was just going to say I, I, I felt like um, to, to spend less than half of that on a guy like, you know, one of the, the top picks in the draft, Daniel Jones, uh, I felt like was a was a pretty good deal, at least on my end
1: definitely i I totally agree with that, and even Teddy Bridgewater went for twenty, but more on that here, I think taysom Hill might take that job over so
0: i was I was watching one of the games and they actually were talking about him, and I, he's he's no everyone relatively knows about taysom Hill these days you know um like they've 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 had a lot of um They've, they've hyped him up a lot. Sean Payton, Payton has had high praise for him since they, they got him. Um, and he actually even compared him to Steve Young, I think, last week, which I thought was really aggressive. But uh, Definitely. Um,
1: that was a little ridiculous.
0: The Saints love him. So I, I could totally see them transitioning over to, uh, from Teddy to him full-time if, for some reason, Teddy continues to just kind of be dry here and um, – And then they run a completely different offense than what they would typically run with Drew Brees. I would be very concerned if they went to Taysom Hill for uh, folks who own Michael Thomas personally, um, just because I think they're probably not going to pass nearly as much and just run all kinds of um, tricky counter run schemes. Uh, I think it would upgrade Alvin Kamara though.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think Taysom Hill's value himself would be pretty high just because he's that dual threat quarterback. I mean, he runs a lot. Uh, Combine that with having Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara's weapons. I mean, in a two quarterback league like what we have, I think that could be
0: pretty deadly. So I would also just like to add here the Jaguars just threw a second touchdown. Gardner pick hooked up with DJ Chark in the end zone and. I'm feeling really good about my Gardner Minshew pickup uh, last week. I don't even think I had to bid on him. I, I think I might have even got him for free.
1: I think he was for free, and that was a beautiful throw. He just he just got charked on.
0: You know, I, I looked at the box score. I mean, you hear the name week one when he came in for fulls, and it's like, oh, it's kind of ugly. But if you look at the film and you look at his completion percentage, like, he was hitting his throws, man. He's accurate. Um, and he's got some kind of next level swag to him that you don't normally see at a six round pick. So, um, there might, the Jaguars might have something here with Gardner Minshew and I'm feeling pretty stacked now that I got Watson, Jones, Minshew and, uh, the godforsaken Darnold. I, I don't know how it's <laughs> I'll continue with Darnold here, but I'm feeling pretty good with four quarterbacks here.
1: Yeah. I mean, how could Minshew's confidence not be high? You hear he's offered a porn contract. <laughs>
0: I wouldn't be surprised based off the way he looked, So He was.
1: Some, uh, uh, like, Garofalo, maybe, the, the beat writer, <laughs> that tweeted out a picture of the contract. Some some cam site or something offered him a million dollars. Wow. So, so pretty funny.
0: And I know we're talking about my team a lot here, but I feel like I was pretty active in free agency, and I went out and spent some, some heavy money here. I felt like Marquise Brown was really the steal in the free agency. Um, it might have looked pretty aggressive spending. I think I spent like 26 bucks on him. Uh, but he's looking like a Tyreek Hill kind of player, which could be a perfect replacement for me, you know, considering I had Tyreek Hill, who's, you know, out for however long. So um, he's electric. He's the number one receiver already. He's going to get roughly 10 targets a week. Uh, and Lamar Jackson looks like he's taking a big step. So, uh, in my opinion, he was well worth every single dollar spent here
1: oh yeah i totally agree i wish i would have bid honestly knowing what we know now i would have bid 80 dollars on him because he's just been that effective week one i had concerns because he was only out there for eight snaps so i didn't feel like i could go out and bid a lot on a guy that i just don't that can't sustain that production on eight snaps and then he goes out the next week and he's out there i'm pretty sure 100 of the plays yeah so it was weird it, it was quite a turn of events and Man, I, I'm disappointed I didn't get him in any leagues. So props yeah. to you for that.
0: I I think um you know, I I don't I think most people in our league listen to the podcast, if not majority, and um the one problem is you know, we we basically handed it to everyone on a silver platter. You have to spend up these first couple of weeks. Um now that they're passed, you're you're still gonna get, you know, value from uh every week or here or there. Um, but you might not come across another wide receiver one in the free agency at this point. So, um, I felt really good about it and, you know, I, I was kind of surprised that I actually even got him at only 26 bucks. So,
1: yeah, yeah. That was a bargain. No doubt. Something else I wanted to point out. So I went out, I made it (laughs) thinking it was gonna be a good call. I went after the Titans defense. Uh, I paid $2 on them and they were what? one of the top three available defenses this week. Lo Mm. and behold, I opened the waivers this yesterday morning and Dennison put up $16 for the Cowboys defense. That seems like a heck of an overspend to me, especially when his primary defense is Baltimore's.
0: Well, I think uh, what the way he's looking at that probably is he doesn't have to worry about a defense again um, for the season. So he's, it sounds like he's planning on carrying two defenses moving forward for the rest of the year. Uh, And, and honestly, though, the Ravens defense and the Cowboys defense, I wouldn't mind having to make that decision between those two every week because Cowboys defense is pretty darn good. Uh, And, and additionally, it's pretty much like a freebie going up against Miami. You're going to get some automatic points. I don't know, you know, maybe a touchdown or not, but you're going to get some points here uh, especially now that they just announced that Josh Rosen, Rosen is going to be uh, at the helm here. so
1: I agree with the Miami assessment. Uh, their defense as a whole, though, I mean, they only had one point against the Giants and three against the Redskins. Um, they have a lot of talent. That's surprising. But, yeah, but that's not good. They Yeah, they gave up 17 points to the Giants. And I don't even know if they had any sacks. And uh, same thing with Washington. They gave up 21 points.
0: Wow. That's yeah. very odd. Um... Yeah,
1: so – they're uh, they're actually not off to a hot start.
0: All right, so let's go ahead and jump right in here to the matchups from last week. Um, who do we want to start with?
1: Uh let's just jump right into Girly Soy Boys and Kuhar.
0: All right, so obviously Jack manhandled Kuhar here, the um, <laughs> highest score of the week. Looks like Kuhar at least has a pulse, and he took Hunter Henry out of his lineup and placed Jack Doyle in there. Um, I think I called this – I felt pretty good about Jack. I think we both called this one here. Um, The one thing that sticks out to me about Jack's team is O.J. Howard. So he put up a nice goose egg this week, and I've actually had a chance to go back and through NFL Game Pass watch the tape here. The biggest problem with OJ Howard is he cannot run block worth his life. He is no. probably the worst tight end at blocking you could probably that you could have, and that's pretty bad considering his strength and size. Um, I think they were expecting a little bit more uh, out of his ability to block, and or at least him to take a step here this this season and being able to do that. And with him not being able to do that, it's going to take him off the field, man. Um, You know, I think we talked about this. Like, we were surprised in general with how high O.J. Howard was going in the draft. But, you know, when you draft a guy that high, you better expect a full workload of snaps. And to be honest, he's getting close to being out-snapped by Cameron Brate. And not to mention, Cameron Brate's going to get some of those end zone looks as well. So... Um, I wouldn't be very confident starting O.J. Howard week to week. Um, I would really have to consider playing someone else. Yes, he will have his weeks here and there where he gets in the end zone, but so does every tight end, Um, and he's going to be a very volatile player.
1: Yeah, uh, the more I've watched, I watched that Thursday night game against the Panthers there, and you're right, his biggest problem coming out of college was they were worried (laughs) if he'd be able to run block or not, and clearly he cannot. Bruce Arians isn't happy with him either. (laughs) I mean, not being able to run block. He says he's going to feed him more and get him more opportunities, but we'll see if that happens.
0: Um, The one thing I would say is Andrews on his bench there. So I got to imagine he's starting Mark Andrews moving forward.
1: Absolutely. Until OJ Howard shows signs of life,
0: uh, he has to. And then another surprising thing I mean, his, his team still, you know, won. Significantly, but he benched Aaron Jones this week, and you know, I again, his, that's the second week. crush on him is gone.
1: Yeah, he doesn't trust him, um, which I would trust
0: him more than Todd Gurley. So, what's going on in that situation, though? I feel like Jamal Williams is kind of cutting into his workload here, and um, I also feel like they're trying to keep Aaron Jones fresh, you know, especially early on in the season. You know, these teams are, aren't looking to overwork their guys and risk them getting hurt. I feel like Aaron Jones in the second half of the season is going to really pick it up, um, whereas a guy like Todd Gurley is going to decline. So, you know, I could totally see him second half of the season here playing David Johnson and Aaron Jones in his RB1 and RB2 spots here, and honestly, possibly benching Todd Gurley.
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. These are two... Both Todd Gurley and Aaron Jones are splitting snaps, which is not what you want from your running backs. Um, Jamal Williams is eating into the workload, and LaFleur said he wants to keep Jamal involved, and Jamal's a better pass blocker. Wow. Um, so he stays in the game on third down. And then Todd Gurley, they're obviously worried about keeping him healthy for the, the entire season. So Malcolm Brown keeps getting carries, and Malcolm Brown is the goal line back. So that takes a huge piece of Todd Gurley's value out. I mean – he scored what, like nineteen touchdowns a year ago.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and and you can tell watching the Rams that Todd Gurley is not the same player. Um, you can just see it on the field. He just he he doesn't have that extra gear uh, to kick it into motion here and get separation from everyone and, and take one to the house. Like it's just kind of missing now. Um, so you know it's it's. Not looking great for him.
1: No, no, I, I'd be concerned as a Todd Gurley owner for sure.
0: Uh, anything else to comment on this matchup here?
1: Well, Kuhar's team is definitely—it's it, kind of up and down. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of guys who haven't hit stride yet, like Mike Evans. It's coming. It's coming with Mike for sure, and I Mike will be
0: surprised this week too.
1: No, not at all. I think I think it's got to come, um, and then Trubisky. He's been bad so far. I mean, he, 5.6 points is kind of the low end, I think, for Trubisky. He's, eventually, he's got to use his legs, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I just think better days are ahead for QR's team.
0: I agree. Yep. I think he'll definitely sneak some wins in here or there. But, uh, you know, as always, he's just going to be kind of one of those stale teams towards the bottom of the cellar here by the end of the year.
1: Right, which is not what... At least I personally saw him as going into the season, so this is surprising for me. Um, a you lot were higher people...
0: on his team than me, though. I, yeah, I, you you were not. Yeah, um, I felt like there were some flaws here, and and he just his team does look like it's just a streaky kind of team here. So um, he's definitely going to have some upsets, in my opinion. It just it's going to be interesting to see who he upsets. Agreed. Agreed. Uh let's go ahead and move on here. How about we look at Carl and Dennison?
1: All right. So I think we both picked Dennison to win last week, and that is exactly what happened. Close Basically, game though. Close game. It's good to see that Carl's staying competitive, um, at least at the beginning of the season. He's got a pretty good squad. Um for Carl, his his issues come at quarterback. I, I thought Phillip Rivers would be better this year than what he's been, but he's been pretty Honestly, subpar so far, and then Matt Stafford's his other QB. So what do you think about that?
0: Um. So I don't m- mind his team. I think that the only way you can get away with the running backs that he has is, you know, because we are in a full PPR, he has Matt Breida and Chris Thompson. Uh, so you're not going to get, you know, those consistent 20 to 25-point games out of those two guys, but they – Probably will get you close to double digits, if not in the teams, uh, more weeks than not. You know, I think this game, this week was just a case of all of his guys, you know, just not necessarily showing up. Um, you know, he just, again, at quarterback, Rivers only put up 11 points, uh, Stafford put up 15. Uh, you know, there, there's plenty of ways that Rivers could double his points there in a matter of one drive and same with Matt Stafford. So, um, I'm not, I'm really not too worried about his quarterbacks. I think it's a little bit of an overreaction to say that they're bad. Um, you know, Oh, definitely
1: not bad. Yeah.
0: You know, I know that ESPN had that video on Phillip rivers about, can you trust him as a quarterback or whatever, but, um, look, man, he's a hall of fame quarterback and, uh, I trust him more than Matt Stafford. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, so I, I think his his team just had a case of the um of the just not so great week collectively. Like no one really went off for his team here. Uh yeah, definitely.
1: And you know what, looking at it, the biggest problem I see as well is is the running back situation. Yeah. We we don't know when Melvin Gordon's coming back and that's a huge issue for his team. I mean
0: Well, it, they're what... saying it they think that it's gonna be what is it like, week nine or whatever? Um, because of because of the fact that his this is a different situation than uh, Le'Veon Bell because right. he has more time on his contract. Um, so they're saying he could come back mid-season, but you know we heard the same song and dance with Le'Veon Bell and he ended up sitting out all year. So you can't necessarily rely on that because you never know what's going to happen with a situation like that. Uh, now, the one thing I will say is Austin Eakler is the number one fantasy running back right now. Um, so, you,
1: you, <laughs> so they're not missing him.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the Chargers don't miss him, but, you know, Gordon's camp might, you know, be looking at this like, wow, we we you, you need to come back and play kind of thing because you're just – you have no leverage at this point.
1: Yeah, at this point, honestly, it helps him that he sits out because they're not paying him. Yep, exactly. Exactly.
0: Um, and the Chargers are kind of cheap like that, so they're totally okay not paying him right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely a very cheap team. Uh, They didn't want to pay up for him, which I understood not paying up for Melvin, but other players in the past they've refused to pay up for. So we'll see what they end up doing.
0: Looking across the pond here over at Dennison's team, so I'm eyeing down Emmanuel Sanders with that big 29-point game on the bench. How would you feel about starting Emmanuel Sanders consistently over Josh Gordon? Oh, absolutely, uh, Josh Gordon. It, he needs
1: to stop with that. I think we're, I think we're beyond starting Josh Gordon. Honestly, there's too many mouths in Pittsburgh, and Josh catches like in what three balls a game? Or yeah, sorry, New England. Josh only catches a few balls a game. So if he doesn't take one to the house, he's having a poor performance. He's like
0: he's like the definition of a good DFS play, bad season long play. Exactly. He can blow up. They're gonna. He's gonna get. Plenty of one-to-one coverage now that Antonio Brown's in that offense. Uh, Tom Brady is going to spread the ball around. you got to remember, Tom Brady has Edelman, he has Antonio Brown, and he has Josh Gordon, and they've got a pretty good run game too. So, um, you know, it's going to be challenging for Josh Gordon to really go out and perform consistently, and because of that, I can't rely on him ever
1: I agree. Yeah, it's time to put a Manny Sanders in there. Um, and hopefully he's got someone else to put in there over D.D. Westbrook, because <laughs> as you know, I'm not a big fan of D.D.
0: Um, the one thing I will say is, and, you know, man, this is really coming back to bite me here, but Chris Carson, there's, there's some grumblings about him losing some time to Penny. I, I personally don't fully buy that. Um, I think that, you know, he had one fumble. Like, okay, uh, it happens, you know. Guys lose the ball every here or there. I don't think they're going to completely yank Carson and start cutting into his workload that much. Um, Penny had, did have a good game, but, uh, you know, we've seen this before. He goes out, he, he, he ends up going out and being productive for a game, and then he comes back down to life uh, the very next. So um, I'm really not too worried about Chris Carson, uh, but, you know, you could totally see Penny cutting in a little bit to his share. Not much, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, Carson's got to learn how to hold on to the ball. And they drafted Penny so high, so we've already talked about this. We feel like they're looking for a reason to start him and give him the job. the job. But he's got to earn it. And he put on a good show last week. We'll see if it continues.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't have a lot of faith in it. He's kind of a... I just uh, – I'm not buying it yet, so um, I would need to see more. I just feel like he's very back and forth just like he was last season, so.
1: Yeah, and if if we're talking about concerns on Denison's team, we've got to address Ben Roethlisberger going down for the season, leaving him with Juju Smith-Schuster with Mason Rudolph at the helm.
0: Well, and he's also got um, Cam Newton and – we clearly have a ton of problems with Cam Newton right now with this whole shoulder thing. It doesn't even look like, like he's going to be playing this week. And, you know, they're talking about him never being, being able to throw the ball the same again. I, I personally think that it's kind of like baseball. It's one of those things where they kind of have to ease him into this year. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they held him out for a few weeks and then he came back at the end of the season strong um but there's definitely some concern there especially cuz now he's pretty much down to I mean does he have any other quarterbacks? I guess we'll look at that in the preview here.
1: Yeah, it's Mahomes and nothing else on this team I believe. And the the issue with Cam too right now is isn't even the shoulder. He's in a walking boot. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we're we're looking at some serious problems if you watch the Thursday night football game he looked awful. He could not hit a guy more than eight yards downfield. Um, he, um, hit a,
0: he hit a few throws, but you could tell he's just fatigued, man. Like, he his arm is not in midseason form right now.
1: He had he had wide open guys yeah, right at did, the first down marker and just completely whiffed on them. He also, so.
0: like, he had Curtis Samuel on, like, a 45-yard pass um, down, the, down the boundary sideline there. So, like, he showed glimpses of it, but he also showed some, some horrible, horrible uh, throws as well and decisions there. So,
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, moving on here, let's check out your matchup against Nate.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I really felt like my team was not going to win this. I even said I even picked Nate's team over mine for this week, and it, that's exactly what happened. Um, you know, I, I'm... The, the one thing I would say about these first few weeks is we're all still trying to figure out our teams here. So uh, I ended up starting Danny Amendola in my third wide receiver spot. And he literally didn't get a catch <laughs> after a hundred something yards last week and like six catches and a touchdown. So, you know, it seemed like he developed all this great chemistry with Matt Stafford and then, you know, for him to just put out a straight zero, was I was just like kind of floored that that happened there um I feel good about David Montgomery I think he's they're they're working him in more uh which is why I started him and it was the right decision over Devontae Freeman so like um you know we saw Marquise Brown go eight for 86 uh this week as well so uh he was on my bench uh because I played Amendola over him but so I think there's a lot of bright spots here about my team moving forward, but um, just kind of felt like this was not really my week, given all of my matchups and um, me still trying to figure out my team here.
1: Yeah. I mean, you going into it, we both kind of foresaw you losing in this one. Um, the funny part was I listened back to our, our podcast today and you said, I don't know. We'll see how Watson does. He can always bail me out. <laughs> yeah. He's probably the one who had the most disappointing performance.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was against the Jags defense, and right now they've still got a zero on the board. Not that that's that impressive against the Titans, but um, the Jags defense is nothing to nothing to really sniff at either. So,
1: Right, which we'll see. Uh, I think Derrick Henry's about to roll over them. Uh, their run defense has been pretty bad the first two weeks of the season. They gave up. Like four point eight yards per carry last week to the Texans. So you
0: know what's really frustrating watching this game, though, and I haven't been able to fully watch it. But you know, just because we're doing this, but from what I've seen, there has been a ridiculous amount of holding calls, and in general, the holding calls are up dramatically this year.
1: Yep, penalties as a whole they're they're up a crazy percentage. Uh, It's really ruining the game, honestly. Um,
0: And Minshew just hit a wide open Marquise Lee. But, um, yeah, one it, thing, it frustrates me that they've been throwing the flag so much on it just because, like, it happens every single play. Um, it's all about, you know, being able to hide it more. But when the holding calls are up across the league, clearly they're being more critical about these holds in general. So um, I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, I think it, it, it uh, attributes a little bit to the downtick in points scored as well uh, across, you know, on, on a league average. And um, we'll be it'll, I'll be curious to see if for some reason they, you know, maybe conspiracy theories come in and all of a sudden these holding calls uh, kind of go on the decline here in the second half of the season.
1: Yeah, we got to hope so, because it's really slowing down these football games and, and turn into kind of a drag. It is for
0: sure, for sure. Um, just to hit on Nate's team here, I think, um, you know, I think the one glaring—I was shocked that he benched Kenny Colliday. Like, I feel like he's one of those guys that you just have to play every single week. Um, and played Allen Robinson over him. I don't know how would how do you feel about that decision? I know it sounds a little hindsight, but like I've never been a huge Allen Robinson fan either.
1: I know you haven't been, but. A-Rob had a great first week, um, so I kind of see where he was coming from with that, trying to trying to hit on what he already had. But the thing is, Kenny Galladay wasn't against the great pass defense. The Chargers have so many missing bodies out there, whereas um, A-Rob was against Denver. So it was kind of a weird call, but I, I can't necessarily oppose it. Yeah, I don't
0: fully oppose it. I just... In my opinion, Kenny Galladay is too talented to not play. Like, I almost would have personally, and it would have been the wrong decision, but I almost would have played A-Rob over Tyler Boyd if I if I made the decision to play A-Rob.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. Um, but Boyd against San Fran in a game where it was expected to be a shootout, oof.
0: Um, I don't know. Nate's team is pretty, like, loaded, though, here. I mean, Terry McLaurin looks – like the real deal here in Washington. And um, I don't think he's ever going to play him, really. Uh, Maybe once A.J. Green comes back, he can't really rely on Tyler Boyd anymore. And if McLaurin continues to play well all the way up until A.J. Green comes back, you know, maybe that's the decision there. But uh, overall, he's got a lot of receivers. He's got a strong running back crew, despite him not doing a whole lot. Like, I wouldn't be too worried about that. Um, New England defense isn't going to put up 35 points every single week. I'm sorry (laughs) they were playing the Dolphins. But uh, New England defense does still look pretty good, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, his team's very well-rounded. Josh Allen, I think – oh, and Josh Allen and Jameis are his only two quarterbacks. But honestly, roll with either of those two, just one of them every week, and then – Position player, exactly in your in your super flex spot, and I think he can he can make some some big wins happen here.
0: Yeah, he's probably one of the few teams that can get away with um, only playing one quarterback a week. So,
1: yeah, yep. Uh, we will move
0: on here, and we'll hit on Lennon and Andres here. It looks like Lennon um, handled Andres pretty well the biggest uh, disappointment here with Andres' team was obviously Deshaun Jackson getting hurt at the beginning of the game. Uh, And Joe Mixon, you know, he was hobbled going into this. uh, And we obviously saw on the stat sheet that, you know, with them getting blown out and him being kind of hurt, uh, those two things were pretty hand-in-hand and, you know, put up a disappointing game here.
1: Yeah, I honestly can't believe he started Joe Mixon after we talked about how he's injured and he might not play. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but uh, did he have any other? No, not really. Rashad Penny and he was so high on him. He he super high on him. So I mean, I guess he could have could have done that. But as we spoke about before, his team really, really is looking weak.
0: Yep, I think he he could possibly be the worst team this league uh, has this year and. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if he is supposed to be the one getting the tattoo, although I doubt he would agree to that.
1: He you would not agree to that. So um and, and the
0: funny part is
1: that he's all in on the Browns offense. It's it was completely overrated. Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield's the majority of their points came on that ninety yard touchdown to Odell, which was completely blown coverage. I mean it that's without that play, he's sitting at what 85 points.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was one. It was one play that really made Beckham's night there against the Jets. And uh, he didn't have any player really come close to putting up those kinds of points here, uh, really, even on his bench, too. So his, yeah. his team's in big trouble.
1: It is definitely. And uh, on the other hand, here we have uh, London's team, which we predicted is a top two team or top two draft drafted team going into it. And It's still not reaching its full potential, I feel. Aaron Rodgers has hit two really tough matchups to begin the year with the Bears and then Minnesota. Um, But Dalvin Cook is looking like that top five running back. Um, His team is going to put it together, and it's going to put it together fast.
0: Um, See, I actually feel like his team took a hit this week. I think his quarterbacks are going to do better. But James Conner, I'm a little concerned about here moving forward. And Michael Gallup is out for a good month or so. Uh, so, you know, you look at his bench and he's got Mariota sitting on his bench. That's nothing special. There's not, besides Golden Tate, once he comes back, if Daniel Jones can get it going, that's kind of the only guy of hope that can replace Gallup here in the meantime. So I actually feel like his team took a hit and is kind of on a little bit of a, you know, could go on a little bit of a, a dip here these next couple weeks.
1: Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens, but, Golden Tate is gonna come back here very shortly. We can't forget about that. So Michael Gallup getting hurt isn't gonna hurt him too bad. And as Tate's we said, got we, two more
0: weeks to come back, though.
1: Say what? Two more weeks. He's not he's not back until week five, so. Right. And then on the other hand, we just spoke about how Aaron Rodgers has had two really tough matchups. Well, he has Marquez Vada Scantling, who is directly impacted by that. So I think Marquez is on the rise as well. I, I feel like he's going to be plenty okay. James Conner is going to be more of an RB2 going forward, but Dalvin Cook is a locked-in RB1. So, honestly, it doesn't hurt him too bad, I don't think.
0: Speaking of Mariota, I just watched him miss a routine screen throw to uh, Adam Humphreys here. So Yeah, he's pretty bad. <laughs> when, when are we going to see Tannehill? Because I'm sure these Tennessee B-writers and stuff, they're probably – Calling for Mariota's head here pretty soon if he can't turn this game around. Yeah, Tannehill Hill by week five. I uh, I don't see I don't see us going
1: much further with Mariota. He's he's proven to be pretty bad. So, all right, gonna hold you to that there let's week five. It. It's <laughs> gonna happen, and it's gonna be a positive impact for
0: the entirety of the team. That's for sure. Moving on here, let's let's take a look at you and Caleb's matchup. Pretty close here, right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It was uh it was a little scary. Going into Monday Night Football, I think I was down five and a half. So, um, I was really hoping Nick Chubb didn't, didn't put up a goose egg for me, which he didn't.
0: You, you got to feel good about your team, though. You won a game with <laughs> virtually no quarterbacks. None, right? That, none. Uh, Drew
1: Brees was the only one in my lineup, and he had negative
0: .5. So, you won a game with Drew Brees at negative .5, and – didn't play another quarterback, and it's primarily because you have Ekler and you have Julio Jones, which, I don't know, I feel like in the last podcast, we, didn't we say that Julio was going to have a big game this week?
1: Yep, we, uh, we said that in our podcast, that Julio was going to blow up. We could see a massive performance, and that's exactly what we saw.
0: And I think I might have even gone as far as saying, oh, well, I don't know if he's going to get 200 yards, but he'll probably pass 100 yards and at least score it's like exactly what we were talking about. So, right, right, crazy. Yeah, he, um, he went off um <laughs> Julio's just
1: a beast. It's it's fun it's fun to watch him play.
0: Yeah, I mean that that one play where he just kind of broke away from everyone there. It was like he just kicked it into another gear and no one was touching him. So, right. Uh, and then
1: as I said last week, my biggest concern going into the season um, was it tight end because I had to draft Greg Olson in like the last round. And then week one, I said, you know, he was getting peppered with targets. Well, it continued in week two, and he puts up 17 points, uh, goes for 110 yards. Greg Olson's looking like a tight end
0: one this season. He is so far. I, I am concerned about the Cam Newton situation and how that's going to impact him. Uh, it looks like we're going to be seeing Kyle Allen this week out of – out of Carolina, so it's going to be interesting to see how this this new quarterback um, tosses the ball around here. So, looking over at Caleb's team, he did not play Antonio Brown. He played John Ross again, and uh, against everything that we said, John Ross still had a good week. Four for one twelve and a touchdown.
1: Yeah, um,
0: just like with Odell Beckham, all of that pretty
1: much came on one play. But yep. production is production. Oh, my bad. <laughs> production is production. And he put up the numbers. A little shocking, he didn't find a way to put Antonio Brown in his lineup over Chris Conley, though.
0: Yeah, um, that's that, that that blew my mind that he, he still played Chris Conley over Antonio Brown. So we'll see what kind of decisions he makes this week. I think he's got Brown in his starting lineup this week here, so um, it sounds like he or seems like he's gonna be coming to his senses. Uh, I don't know how good I feel about Derek Carr moving forward. I mean, he put up 9.7 fantasy points against the Kansas City defense. 9.7 fantasy points. That's it for Derek Carr against a defense that you should light up. That is very concerning.
1: Absolutely. Uh, another, another concern we have for for Team Caleb here. He was the highest scoring team week one. He had 100 more points than he had in week two, um, and we said too, he's going to come crashing down to earth, and that's exactly what happened. His team showed exactly where uh, where his concerns
0: lie. Yep. So, uh, Damian Williams, I also have concerns about. And uh, Vance McDonald, I mean, look, I, I don't know if we said it the other week, but I feel like he runs into this every year. He needs to trade one of his tight ends and balance his team out a little bit. Definitely, you know, Maybe trade one of these tight ends, package it with a, one of these receivers, and get a get a blue chip or, or top, top of the line running back to, to kind of balance out your team because right now you're just a little too heavy in certain spots that you don't need to be. Absolutely. You can only start one tight end
1: every week unless you really want to put one in your super flex spot, um, which I advise strongly against. So, yeah. Like you said, last year, he had three tight ends uh, for a very long time. Three top, He had three top 15 tight ends. So <laughs> hopefully
0: he uh, trades one of them. Let's move on here to Tackett and Jimmy. So Jimmy ended up ended up winning this game pretty handily here. And Tackett had two players put up goose eggs, Uh, one with Alshon Jeffrey because he got hurt. That was unbelievable how many guys got hurt that game for the Eagles. And then David Njoku, a guy that doesn't surprise me as much putting up a goose egg.
1: Nope. We talked about this last week as well, how we had concerns about Njoku. Um, And granted, this one wasn't from a performance perspective. Uh, He got injured pretty early in the game which today I believe they came out and said it's a broken wrist, and he's going to be out at least a month. So bad news for Njoku.
0: I'm looking at his team. I mean, you might have to just roll with TJ Hawkinson and hope for the best, uh, especially after that week one performance. Hopefully the Lions go back to the well here and start feeding TJ Hawkinson more again. Um, The one thing I do feel good about is – uh, D- DK Metcalf uh, has actually looked good, which at the beginning of the season we were not high on him but DK Metcalf DK Metcalf sorry, has actually looked pretty darn good here uh, these first couple weeks and watching the tape, he's made some nice moves and he can draw pass interference calls, so he looks like a guy you probably have to throw in the lineup here looking at, Tech, at the rest of Tackett's roster
1: yeah, I, I think you do. He's got a, a couple holes on his team. Um, and, and I think Metcalf is, is the right move right now until he shows us otherwise. The see only why, other
0: direction I could go is John Brown, too. John Brown seems like he's getting the volume week in and week out.
1: Yeah, which right now I see he's got John Brown in his starting lineup so, for this week. So that's the route he's going to start with, and we'll see where it takes him.
0: So I don't mind that here. Uh, Looking over at Jimmy's team, Jimmy's team is looking pretty solid. I don't mind uh, his starting receivers. Uh, Tyler Lockett, I feel like you have to try and find a way to play him. Uh, But I don't know who you would really bench because at this point, I'm probably not benching Watkins. I'm probably not benching Ridley, and I'm definitely not benching Keenan Allen. So unless he just wants to roll with one quarterback and – uh, run Tyler Lockett out there week-to-week uh, week in his OP spot, that's probably what I would do.
1: I I totally agree. I think he should run four, four wide receivers every week. He just lost Ben Roethlisberger, I believe. So he did, yeah. I, I think that'd be a good call.
0: Um. So let's go ahead and... No. I think we got through all of them, correct? Yes. Uh,
1: yeah, I think so.
0: All right. So... it up here. Uh, how about we look at you and Tackett first?
1: Oh boy. So, <laughs>
0: actually, let's let's start somewhere else first. Let's jump back to this.
1: Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, we'll go to Jimmy and uh, Lennon here. So, I'm looking at this year. He has Case Keenum against the Bears defense in his OP spot. I strongly advise against that.
1: That's a horrible decision. Um,
0: Why the hell would you do that? (laughs) And he's still got Big Ben on his roster, by the way. Why has he not dropped him? I don't know. This is Thursday, right? Like, we've already cleared waivers. Yeah, waivers are clear. So, This makes no sense to me that he picked up Case Keenum and he kept Ben Roethlisberger. I'm curious to see who he dropped for Case Keenum. That's a Um, wasted
1: bench spot is what that is.
0: I'm hoping that he puts Tyler Lockett in that OP spot because that would make the most sense. I do feel good about the rest of his team here. Uh, Jimmy Smith is going to be out for the Ravens. So I think Sammy Watkins can have a nice bounce back week. I can also see Marlon Mack having a pretty good week against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, He's certainly going to get the volume. And uh, just looking across the board here, I feel pretty good uh, overall um, uh, against his matchup here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I think he's sitting in a pretty good spot here. And just like you, I I think as, uh, as long as he takes Keenum out, he'll be fine.
0: Looking across the pond here over at Lennon's team, he does have MVS in his starting uh, three wide receivers paired with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Certainly concerned about James Conner. If for some reason James Conner is sharing a workload, that will certainly be a hit. Uh, Aside from that, though, a lot of his guys could look to perform pretty well, too. So I think it's going to be a close game, but I do feel like Jimmy's team is going to pull this out here and win the game. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. Unless Aaron
1: Rodgers and MVS hook up for a couple touchdowns, I think Jimmy's got this one. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott against Miami is ridiculous.
0: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that could be a, like,
1: that could be a 45 point game.
0: The only way that doesn't work out is if somehow Dak just comes out throwing, uh, which could totally happen. They go up big, and then they just hand the ball off to Pollard in the second half here. So, um. You have to be pretty unlucky for that to happen. Um, So I guess we'll see what happens here. All right, so let's jump
1: over to – how about we jump over to Caleb and Carl? All
0: right, so Caleb and Carl here. Caleb's got Chris Conley. I just saw in the game that Chris Conley tweaked his knee (laughs) pretty bad. Uh, I don't think he's going to come back this game. So, does wait, Caleb has Devontae Adams on the bench? He played Chris Conley over Devontae Adams. Yes, I noticed that this morning that he had benched Devontae Adams. If Caleb doesn't play Devontae Adams, um, he deserves to lose. And I think he will. Yeah, can we talk about this? Like, what is he doing? I think he's trying to
1: throw away his money. It kind of seems that way. He's He benched Antonio Brown last week, and now he's benching Devontae Adams this week. Take a that look at his no two sense. starting running backs, too.
0: Yeah, it's Burkhead and White. He's going all in on the Patriots. I I mean, that there's a very low probability that that works out there. Um, I, I would rather play Damian Williams still and not Burkhead. I would rather play Jamal Williams and not Burkhead. Agreed. Be- because he has James White. So Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, uh, good luck. Uh, I mean, he's got Derek Carr in there in his OP spot against Minnesota. I mean, that possibly could work out. But um, look, man, if you don't play Devontae Adams over John Ross uh, at this point, I mean, I would have played him over Chris Conley, but um, I don't know. You, you deserve to lose, so. <laughs> like I don't think we said, even need to talk about his team anymore because that's just the most ridiculous thing I've seen in a, no. in a while here. Yeah, ridiculous. I, I don't know why you'd make that decision. So, Looking over at Carl's team, T.J. Chark has already caught a touchdown here tonight. It's his only catch, but he's actually got a few other catches that got called back for holding calls. So I got to imagine he's going to get some, some work here, especially in the second half, uh, if Titans can – complete this drive here and get a touchdown. Overall, um, I feel good about Carl uh, getting a win here for this week.
1: Yeah, I think he's got it in the bag, honestly. Um, just <laughs> without even looking at his team, just because of how poor of decisions Caleb's making.
0: Yep, I agree. I don't, I don't even think it needs to be discussed <laughs> no, beyond no. that. <laughs> so Let's jump into uh,
1: a high-powered battle here with Dennison versus Jack.
0: All right. So this is like a big rivalry. I feel like rival rivalry. I feel like I, um, this
1: is this is going to be an eventual championship matchup some year. Maybe not this year, but these two are always top five in our league.
0: Yeah, they always seem to make it in the playoffs and um, play each other uh, in pivotal matchups throughout the season. Uh, this one's no different. I think this is a pretty. And you got Patrick Mahomes going up against Lamar Jackson, basically the top two fantasy quarterbacks of the year so far. I feel a little bit better about Jack's team just because I don't know how much I mean, I think Juju still performs this week, uh, because the forty nineers secondary is really not anything special besides Richard Sherman, and Richard Sherman is not even the same player that we kind of know. Um the the surprise to me is he currently i don't i think jack is just doing this to like troll us or something but he's got devin smith in his starting lineup i mean i don't know i guess that that could work out
1: uh yeah i think he's actually starting him um definitely because his only other option is curtis samuel
0: (laughs) okay um that's an interesting play. We'll see how that works out.
1: He's hoping for a deep ball um, against Miami there to pretty much open the game. That's yeah, his only he's, option. He's
0: kind of throwing up a hail mary, like literally here. So, uh, but he does have Mark Andrews in his starting tight end spot. No surprise there.
1: Yeah, yeah, especially against Kansas City and what's projected to be one of the best games of honestly, probably one of the better games of the season so far that we can predict. Um, just cause both these teams have looked phenomenal,
0: man. That would really be rough for Dennison If Patrick Mahomes just exclusively connects with Sammy Watkins this week because he's got Kelsey and Demarcus Robinson, both playing in his lineup right now,
1: <laughs> which that's, that in itself is ballsy putting Demarcus Robinson in there. Cause Ravens defense is decent. Um, it actually, it's pretty pretty dang good. So he's going all in on the Chiefs um, as much as he can. Really, I,
0: I think you know, again, Jimmy Smith is out for the Ravens defense, and I think that their secondary is pretty susceptible. If you just look at the hard numbers, um, when he when he's not on the field, so I don't mind it. I just feel like it's going to be kind of like Walkin's turn, but you know, Robinson and Kelsey could possibly. They're, they're, I mean, Kelsey is going to get fed regardless. Um, but if you look at his bench, I don't know who he would play over um, over DeMarcus Robinson. So, I mean, Josh Gordon, we just talked about, you can't really rely on him.
1: Yeah, he must – did he drop somebody? Oh, Dede he put on the bench.
0: Yeah, he's got Dede on the bench, but, like, it's not like Dede is, like, anything special either. Yeah. Oh, he's playing DeMarcus Robinson out of the OP slot.
1: Yeah, um, exactly. So,
0: Wow. Yeah, he doesn't have any other options unless he went with Devin Singletary. This is an interesting year this year in this league because of how many quarterbacks that have gone down in, in the NFL. Um, quarterbacks are extremely, extremely scarce uh, in, this le- in this league. And you're seeing it. We have several teams that are not playing two quarterbacks right now. Yeah. Yes. Um,
1: Which, should we just take that right into the next matchup? Let's let's jump into uh, mine against Tackett here.
0: Sure. Let's
1: take a look at it here. So <laughs> let's let's go with who I drafted at quarterback. Andrew Luck retires. Nick Foles breaks his collarbone. Uh, Drew Brees, poor ligaments in his thumb. So good thing I made that deal with Nate uh, that sent him Nick Foles in a package where I got Brissett and Andy Dalton back. <laughs> um, but, man, what a bad year to have quarterbacks.
0: Yeah. I mean, you've been – Just absolutely decimated. Uh, Do you want to hear a fun fact, though? Let's hear it. Andy Dalton is currently second league uh, leader in passing yards through two weeks.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because he had, what, like 400 against uh, Seattle?
0: Yeah. Um, He's going against Buffalo this week. Buffalo's got a decent defense. Any interest in starting him over – uh, I guess you, you wouldn't know. do that over <laughs> Eagler. No, I have
1: phenomenal running backs. Over hey, Brissette? Chow, Derek. Uh, no, Brissette against Atlanta. I like that a lot in what could be a potential shootout. Um, Brissette's been so efficient passing the ball. Um, he hasn't gotten a lot of yardage, but he's gotten three touchdowns in both of his games, I believe. So in last week, he started to use his legs a little bit more, which is exactly what I was hoping for. Um, more value on the ground there. So I'm thinking Brissett against Atlanta is a good option. Andy Dalton after this week, I thought I looked at it and he had like a long stretch of good matchups. So he'll probably be my starting quarterback moving forward.
0: So like, we're kind of cheating here because this Thursday night game is already closing in on halftime, but um, I feel like you're probably going to lose this week. If Derek Henry can't pick it up, uh, yeah, you know, the we'll Titans' see.
1: defense can't learn how to shut down the Jags?
0: Hey, Jack, Gardner Minshew, baby. He's the truth. Uh, you know, we'll see. I think this is going to be a close game because, you, you know, the, the 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 deciding factor of this game, believe it or not, I think is going to be TJ Hawkinson. If TJ Hawkinson can show up against the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, I feel like Tackett's got this got this one on you here. Uh, just given, you know, everyone else that, that he's got in his lineup feel pretty good about even John Brown going up against Cincinnati here. So um, I got to say, I'm feeling pretty good about Tackett uh, beating you this week.
1: Yeah, he's got amazing matchups, no doubt about it. But the funny thing is, a lot of his top guys, um, I have a guy related on the other side. So he's got Kirk, I've got Diggs, I've got Brissett. he's got T.Y. Um, so we'll kind of see how this pans out here. I, I think Kirk Cousins can kind of decide it for him. If Kirk can't put it together against the Oakland defense, then that that signals that he, he's a borderline unstartable quarterback.
0: I'm I'm concerned about. I mean, look like it's going to come down to Hawkinson for him, and it's going to, in my opinion, come down to Hardman for you. If Hardman can go out there and score, um, I think you got. I think you can fight your way back into this, but. Um he's got some really good players. DeAndre Hopkins, T.Y. Hilton, Christian McCaffrey. I think is gonna get a ridiculous amount of catches out of the backfield this week. Uh it's gonna be an up tempo game. And then you got Mark Ingram going up against the Chiefs. I know Mark Ingram's a little banged up, but uh no doubt, you know, he's gonna go out if he goes out there and plays that he's gonna produce uh a good amount here as well. So um I, gotta I feel give like the advantage attack it here right now.
1: I feel like this matchup between the Ravens and the chiefs is just built for justice. Hill emergence matchup.
0: Um, oh, I would love that. I have him that my, would be phenomenal. Keeper league. So,
1: yeah, I, I think he's going to be a stud. Um, it's just a matter of when, and honestly, this high tempo game against the chiefs fits. His skill set as a receiving back better than it does for Mark Ingram. Um, So we'll kind of see there. As far as Hardman in my wide receiver three slot, I'm still undecided if I'm going to use him or Sterling Shepard or James Washington. I can't decide between the three. Um, I'm starting to lean Shepard more than Hardman, but a lot of it probably depends on how Derrick Henry and the Titans defense finish for me tonight. So if I'm in quite a hole, I think it'd be better for me to leave someone with a lot of upside like Hardman in
0: yeah I mean that that Ravens chiefs game is gonna be extremely high scoring so uh I would roll the dice in my opinion with hardman um and I would actually even put james Washington in as my second i would i feel like sterling shepherd Shepard is the last uh it's kind of hard to figure those two out because both of them have new quarterback situations, and Hardman is the only one who has not only the best quarterback in the league, basically, but um, a, a quarterback coming back—you know, it, his, his normal quarterback just coming back right. here. So, I think you have to roll up Hardman in that spot.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. That's that's
0: probably where I'm going to stick.
1: Also, if if that game's televised, which it probably will be, I would like to watch a player in that. So, <laughs> yeah,
0: that's going to be a fun game to watch if you can watch yeah. it. So, um. Who who have we not hit on here? I don't think we looked you. at my matchup. I guess we'll pull yeah. that up here. So right now, Andres' team has Jacksonville defense. So they got eleven points so far. That can change in a in a hurry. Delaney Walker only has one catch. For I feel decent about this matchup here. Um, I love Marquise Brown against the Chiefs. I've got Randall Cobb, who I'm still undecided on against either Miami. Uh, or if I play um, Will Fuller against the uh, the Chargers here, I benched I benched uh, I benched Minshew I benched Minshew <laughs> I benched <laughs> um, for Daniel Jones, so that could still work out. But Minshew is certainly off to a good start tonight. Um, and then uh, I think the biggest the biggest thing that sticks out here is that you know I decided to continue to roll with David Montgomery as my uh, second running back and. Uh, leave Devontae Freeman on the bench
1: here. Yeah, you got to leave Devontae Freeman on the bench until whatever's going on between him and Ito Smith is figured out. Um, Freeman's really looked pretty bad so far for the start of the season. I don't know if maybe he's rusty or if he's kind of losing it already, but we'll see what happens there. I like I like your matchups a lot. I think Cobb is a prime play this week. And Marquise Brown, I think, is a top ten play this
0: yeah, week. Yeah, I, I think Cobb is kind of like that breakout play, especially with Gallup out. The the one yep. concern I have is, you know, again, the Cowboys going up early. If Zeke knocks down a couple of touchdowns early, you know, they they have no reason to, no no sense of urgency to pass the ball. Um, so that that's the one scare that I have in playing Cobb. But it is a full PPR, so even if he knocks down five or six catches here for sixty yards, I think he's kind of that that slot X or slot receiver uh, that replaced Cole Be- Beasley uh, and is even better than Cole Be- Beasley uh, in my opinion. So um, definitely, I'll probably end up rolling with him. But I do have some some thoughts on, on Will Fuller here against the Chargers as well. So just because of Will Fuller's big play uh, potential here.
1: So, so what if you're if you're down a lot, you're gonna try to go with Will Fuller.
0: Um, we'll see. I mean, I would have to make the decision by one o'clock on Sunday. So, oh boy, I'm leaning towards Cobb, but we'll we'll see as we get closer. I I gotta look closer at some of these wide receiver cornerback matchups, and you know, see if there's anything that sticks out there that would make me decide on one or the other guys uh, as well. Um, looking over at Andres's team,
1: <laughs> the pit of trash.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, I don't mind Frank Gore as a waiver wire pickup considering he has nothing else at running back. Um, you know, I thought Andres would try and throw in Penny there. Um, just to try and get back at me, but, um,
1: <laughs> you use Penny against you. That'd be uh that'd be pretty funny.
0: That would make sense. So, Andres has been, like, trying to troll me uh, this week here. He's been, like, offering me just really ridiculous trades just because he thinks it's funny. Like, he offered me Adrian Peterson for Le'Veon Bell. Um, Uh, That's a pretty good offer. What's that? (laughs) That's a pretty good offer. Yeah, that's fair, right? Um, So, he's – I think he's, like, just trying to have fun with it because he already knows he has a terrible team. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. His receiver's – could easily all go out and have ridiculous games, but I feel pretty good about my chances here. So,
1: I agree. They've got Andre's projected to win. Uh, I don't see it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go in your direction
0: here. Uh, who have we not covered? Anyone else? Uh, I believe Nate that's it.
1: Uh, do, maybe we didn't talk about that?
0: We'll talk primarily about Nate's team here. And I don't, he's got Galladay back in the starting lineup. So it sounds like he's made that decision to play him moving forward. He's got Josh Jacobs on the bench because it sounds like he's probably concerned about the injury. And he's got Jameis Winston going up against the Giants in his OP spot. I don't mind that just because it's the New York Giants. Um, but I do have a little bit of interest in – uh, Terry McLaurin against the Chicago Bears, believe it or not, I think you could really knock off a big play.
1: I think that's interesting. I do not like that play at all I, against the Bears. What's got you feeling that that way?
0: I don't. I don't know if I would actually do it, um, but I just wouldn't be surprised if McLaurin goes out on Monday Night Football and hauls in like a forty-five yard touchdown. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: I mean, it, it could definitely happen. He's been looking really, really good. He's definitely their number one there.
0: If Kuhar, if Fournette can step up here this week uh, in the second half against the uh, Titans, then he does have a chance of winning this game. Just because I think all, all of his receivers could actually have good games. But I'm, I'm still going to pick Nate because I just think Nate's team overpowers him.
1: I, I totally agree. And while I'm looking at Nate's team, I am completely puzzled now as to why he spent all that money 43 or 46 dollars on mason rudolph when he still has josh allen and james winston granted they're not top tier but neither is mason rudolph so that didn't make that doesn't make a lot of sense to me to spend half your fab on one guy like that
0: <laughs> and he's not even going to play him
1: right exactly
0: um... that's that Odd. that doesn't yeah maybe I don't know maybe he like hit a wrong button or something and put a four in front of like six dollars I don't know.
1: <laughs> I mean you would you would hope so, otherwise he's just playing a defensive move here.
0: Yeah, that's that's um but he but then he doesn't bid on Daniel Jones that to me it just doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah no I'm confused.
0: <laughs> uh, did we cover everyone? Yeah that's it cool. Well, I think we definitely ran over time here a little bit. I uh, appreciate you doing this a little bit later than we normally do with Derek. Um, I know we did it a little bit late or in the week as well to the audience here. So apologize for that. Uh, but I think this was a great episode. We covered a lot. Thank you for listening. And we are going to go ahead and look at week three here. Should be an exciting week. Some big matchups in the Jonda League. Looking forward to discussing and recapping next week as well. So until then, signing off here for the Fantasy Football Bros are Mark and Derek, and good luck in your matchups for week three, everyone.